Taster, thanks for being here. My name's Shane Fozzard. And I'm Jess Fozzard. And you're listening to the Relationship Success Podcast, the podcast for both couples and for singles. We're sharing the tools and tips on relationships that everyone should have been taught at school that will vastly change the way you do relationships. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest reason conflicts happen in relationships and how to avoid them as well, how to avoid the conflicts. And so this is a part of the six-step honeymoon feeling forever system that we teach step on being oneself. And this is it's an ingredient to oneself, which is really looking at how we have different perceptions um, in relationships and, and all types of relationships effectively. But look, it's kind of like the way we, if we both watch a movie, we both sit down and watch the same movie. So we've seen exactly the same movie and then we come out and there'll be certain scenes that stood out for, for me and there'll be certain scenes that stood out for you and you would perceive the movie in one way, which might be different from how I perceive the movie. Yeah, like for example, we might come out of the same movie and you say it's the best movie you've ever seen and I might say it's the worst movie I've ever seen, mm. but it's still the same movie. Yeah, and it's simply because we have a perception. Often we think that our perception is the absolute truth, mm-hmm. that no, what I saw was true. What we want to kind of share today is about how there's what we call the the matrix of reality and that our reality is just a perception through this this kind of matrix, like using the metaphor from the movie, The Matrix, where there's all these sort of code and, and you can actually change the matrix as Neo eventually learns to. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch that movie. You'll understand what I'm talking about. But, you know, how he, he gets to choose his reality, he gets to modify it. And and that's what we do at an unconscious level is we, we actually unconsciously choose our own reality and we change it or it becomes subjective to us. And this causes a lot of issues in relationships because we tend to believe that I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. No, this is what happened yesterday. And yeah. we have like a recollection of what happened yesterday. And we tend to think, no, that you don't remember what happened. You don't remember what you said or, or what you're quoting is not correct. This is what was said. And we have these arguments often in relationships about who said what and, and what was said. Or even like, that's not how it is. It's like this. For example, I might be feeling a certain way. And you're disagreeing. And I've even said it in the past where I'd be like, that's not how it is. It's like this. Why can't you get it? Why can't you understand? Again, thinking that my reality was the absolute truth and not understanding that you may have a different perception and other different filters that would change the way you're seeing that moment, Mm. which is massive. But we'll talk about why they're different and then how you can communicate to close that gap. Yeah. And it's just understanding that in any moment you are bombarded with so much information. So you've got visual information, you've got smells, you've got sounds, you've got sort of textures and feelings and all sorts of information around us that we either connect with or we kind of toss out and we delete. And so we have these kind of three filters, one being we generalize. Mm -hmm. And so we can kind of generalize and go, well, that entire movie was great. That's a generalization. And sometimes we do it in relationships. We say, well, you never help me with this. Oh, yeah. Or you always leave your clothes on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or you, so the word never and always are generalizations. Or for singles, all men are. Yeah. And all, all women, women are. are. Whatever you're thinking, that's a generalization. Whether it's positive or negative, it's still a generalization. Mm. And it can hold you back. Yeah. There's nothing inherently wrong with generalizations. They're not, no. they're not good or bad. It's just about whether they're functional in moving you towards the direction that you want to go in. And we all do it. Yeah. It just happens. It makes conversation easy because I can say, hey, can you pass me the phone? Mm. That's a generalization. Mm-hmm. I don't say, hey, can you pass me that electronic device that is in a case right now that has three lenses on it and you know, a screen on it that's built by Apple? Or, you know, <laughs> it's too ineffective to communicate like that. So we naturally generalize, but it's about recognizing where else do we generalize? Mm-hmm. You know, things like, oh, you never help me with this or you always do this. 
often causes conflicts in relationships. And that's in our language. We may also generalize in the moment in our mind what our partner has done that's irritated us and generalize over the good things, like Mm. in our own mind, like delete in a way, which is one of them, the good things that they've done. So we go like, oh, well, when you always do this, we're actually also programming ourselves to only see those things. Like you're saying, we delete things as well. So not only do we generalize, but we delete. And you're saying, you know, we can delete the the positive things, especially if we're in a pissed off state. Oh, yeah. We're annoyed, we're pissed off, we we ignore all the good things. And there's some statistic that I know John Gottman and his institute talks about where something around like 63%, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll actually delete 63%. Don't quote me on the stat there exactly because um, 80% of stats are made up. But, um, <laughs> but there's some stat around that with his data that says that most people will delete the positive things when they're in an agitated state. <laughs> just mind-blowing that Mm. in that moment even though you're upset and you think that you're getting your point across you're actually deleting approximately 60 percent of the good things that person has Mm. done and this is all creates that perception that we believe is reality Mm. like it's my reality and we don't kind of think like that but we think no i'm right you never do this Mm -hmm. and you always do that Mm -hmm. and i can say you always do that deleting 60 ish percent of the times that you don't do it Mm -hmm. And so it becomes my reality and we get emotionally attached to our reality because mm. we think, no, it's true. This is true. This is the absolute truth. There is no subjective truth here. This is true. This is real. It feels concrete. It feels like it, it's not made up in my head. We don't kind of think like that, even though it is. Yeah. Well, I may be seeing this a little skewed than what it actually has happened. Mm. And we distort things, like distorting quotes. For example, we just distorted that percentage. We don't know what it is exactly. But you might say, hey, can you get a kombucha out of the fridge? And I distort it and get out coconut water. And I'm like, no, you said coconut water. And you're like, no, I said kombucha. Mm. We can distort things in that moment. You may have distorted what you said. You may have said coconut water but thought you said kombucha and it may have been the other way. You would never actually know unless you recorded it. I think we found in the past we'd have sort of some arguments and conversations about who said what. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you said it was Mm two. No, I didn't. I said it was three. Mm -hmm. No, you definitely said it was two. We'd have these arguments until we realised, hang on, it's just completely futile Mm -hmm. having these arguments. Really what you're doing when you have those arguments is you're just trying to bully the other person into kind of giving up and just submitting to your reality. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll accept it. That's like, I don't want to fight anymore. I'll just accept your reality. And that is a good thing to do if you're not kind of bullying the other person into that submission. What we really want in that moment is to feel understood. And we think that's how we're going to achieve that. Mm -hmm. But very rarely do we. And it is just about understanding, okay, maybe we're both distorted. Maybe we said it was four. Maybe I said it was four. Mm. But I remember it wrong and you're remembering it wrong because unless we had a tape recorder going, there's no way to know objectively whether it was two, three or four. Yeah. And so the power of understanding this is that, yes, we generalize, we distort, we delete, and then we apply our values to things and we learn our values as we grow up and typically from our family and other experiences that we have. We have belief systems that layer on top of that. Belief systems is such an important one to me for people to really grasp because it changed my life in many ways. And just quickly, what I want to say on beliefs is I've never seen anyone grow up with a checklist handed to him and saying, hey, do you want to just decide on which beliefs you want to have for the rest mm. of your life? Do you we, believe that relationships are easy or hard? 
right? Or whether you are someone who attracts wealth or whether you're someone who attracts poverty, a healthy person, unfit person. These are not things that we consciously go, oh, cool, I'm setting myself up for my life. Like you set up your computer or your phone. I'm just going to select this one. Mm. It happens unconsciously through our upbringing. Also know you have the ability to change them once you know what they are. But most of the time, we're not even aware of them. No, yeah. They drive our life. This is something we're unaware of and it drives massive parts of our life. Mm. And often because we don't even stop to question it. Because mm. again, you believe that's true. That's, that's how life should be led. Mm-hmm. This is how it's always done. And again, it's coming back to some of what we've already talked about in previous episodes around having self-awareness, having courage to challenge your own belief systems and go, hang on, is what I believe working for me? Because I can actually change that. But understanding that what you believe and what I believe, uh, some of the beliefs we talk about may be the same, but I don't know because you don't even know what every single belief is that's in your unconscious. Just like I don't even know what every single belief is that's in my unconscious mm-hmm. because it happened through uh, respective childhoods. And even last week, yeah, yesterday, exactly. last hour. But when you think about that, if I have not lived in your shoes for your entire life, I don't know every single belief, every single value that is in your unconscious mind, how could I possibly see or feel exactly how it is for you? That enables me to stop and actually have the humility and the ability to listen to what your perspective is mm. because it's right for you yeah. and your childhood and yeah. your beliefs and not even childhood. Like you said, it could happen last week and your values and the way that you process this, the information. That is so important to me about these matrix of realities is Stopping to understand the other person's matrix of reality or their perception doesn't mean they're right. Their model of the world doesn't mean they're right. It means you're taking the time to understand more about them Mm. because you could never possibly know everything that's happened for them and they may not consciously be aware of it to be able to communicate it to you. Yeah. I think you make a good point around, you know, whether it's right or wrong and and, and it's about trying to move away from that Mm -hmm. unless you kind of look at it in a different way, which is, and I know we kind of talk about this, like Jess is 100% right for her. End of the story. I'm just always right. Yeah, well, no, that, that's another that's another rule we have in our relationship. <laughs> Jess is always right, even when she's wrong. <laughs> I wish. You know, it, it is about going, okay, you know, you are 100% right for yeah. you and it may not be 100% right for everyone else. Again, the reason why this is in oneself as the first step in the six-step honeymoon feeling forever system is because it's about de-escalating that stress response. It's about getting back to harmony in a, in a conflicted situation in your relationship and recognizing, hang on, this is not about who's right or wrong here. There are two realities. There are two realities that are, that are probably just conflicting a little bit here. And if I can stop, first of all, and, and step back from my own reality, believing that it's right and yours is wrong, I start to de-escalate my own physiological arousal, my own stress response. And then I can start to understand yours and you know, we'll get into masculine and feminine energies, but it's really about showing or listening and understanding the other person's model of the world or their, their reality and appreciating what they're going through. When you can do that, that's obviously changing your perception. It's then helping you relate and, and have compassion for the other person's situation, which you're no longer then caught up in your own emotional content. Mm. You're now understanding what, what it's like for the other person. And so then you've got a better stance or a better foundation to then think about, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step that's going to bring us one step closer towards harmony rather than one step away from harmony and more into conflict? So you can see how powerful the matrix of reality or model of the world really is in relationships. 
what I'd also love for you to take away from this listening is that you can change things if you want to within yourself, that this might help you understand a little bit more about yourself on why you do certain things, why you see things a certain way, why you see it differently to your partner. And that that's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Mm. But understanding how our perception is created and how beliefs and values are laid in there for me was incredibly empowering because I was like, hang on a minute, that's why I see things like that. Mm. And now like later on, we'll talk about all different tools in other episodes, but being able to go, hang on, that means I have the choice to be able to change that about myself instead of one of the lines that I used to say all the time. And you guys have probably heard it. That's just who I am. Yeah. That is so disempowering. Mm. Unless it's something that you want it to be who you are. Like that's fine. That comes down to what we spoke about in the last episode about choice. You can choose to believe that. You can Mm. choose to believe, no, that's just who I am. But no, it's a choice. And the great thing about choice is you can choose to change it. It doesn't work for you. But yeah, it, it is really about understanding that we both have these two realities and showing compassion and understanding to be open to validating the other person's reality. Yeah, and, and validating on. the other person's reality doesn't make your own reality wrong. No, not at all. One is not greater than the other. Mm. They're both right. For each person. For each person. And possibly wrong for the other person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that we had a situation where, and again, this is just an example of how logic doesn't quite work, where we can generalize, we can distort, we delete, and you have these two conflicting realities. And we had a situation many months ago where there was a a complaint that you raised and you're saying, oh, you you don't give me enough passionate kisses. I do love them. And then I remember there was a time when I I pointed out, I go, well, what do you mean I don't give you enough? You know, I kind of jumped onto the word enough. Mm. And then kind of, again, what's enough? Enough is a generalization. Mm. Because there's no, there's no measurement in that. So I jumped onto that. I was like, what do you mean I don't give you enough? You know, and I started pointing out, well, yeah, there was this day and there was mm. this day and there was this day and there was this day. And what I'm doing is trying to fight logic here. Mm. And often logic doesn't quite work when it comes to emotions. If someone feels like you don't do something enough, then that's the reality. And also if you're using logic to fight against it or anything, you're saying, for example, in this, that my reality wasn't real. My reality wasn't true for me. It's also probably saying that you weren't using logic, yeah. which is not true either because who says my logic was actually true logic? Mm. You know, it's I, true. It could I, be distorted. I wasn't actually keeping account of how many passionate kisses. I was yeah. just going from memory. So my memory has generalized, distorted, and deleted. And so what I believe in that moment was logic. Still just could have been overstated, could have been understated. I don't know. Mm. And I think we came to that realization, especially I did anyway, that what am I doing here? Like this is just a futile attempt to try to, and you almost, and I, I don't use the word bully because I know it's one of these words that trees a lot of people. No one wants to be a bully, right? Mm. And so I use makes that. people listen. Yeah, I use that word carefully because it makes me not want to do that. Mm-hmm. To go, hang on, I'm bullying my partner into believing that my reality is better, is more valid than hers. Rather than going, okay, look, if my partner thinks that I don't give her enough passionate kisses, I have an ability to respond here. I can choose to understand her situation and and find out how many passionate kisses or what is kind of like that measure for enough and then rise to that standard, rise to that level. Alternatively, I could choose to fight it. Yeah. It's always a choice. It's just then the question of what's going to bring you more harmony? Mm. What's going to bring you more passion? What's going to bring you more excitement in your relationship? And this can be applied to any disagreement that you have. Yeah, and you'll find in most conflicts, both parties just want to feel understood. And that's why the matrix of reality is so important because if you can take away that need to be right and feeling like if I just stop to listen to you, that means I'm saying what you feel is right, 
and that I'm wrong, if you can take that away and just stop to be able to listen, you'll be able to learn more about your partner, your partner will feel understood. And again, that doesn't mean that it's right for you, but it's right for them. And that's important. If you want harmony, if you want to show someone that you love them, understanding them is in my matrix of reality. One of the very important things that you can do is choosing to understand them and putting down your weapons of I need to be right and I need to fight this point. And you'll find most of the time, once your partner feels like they've been heard and understood, that they'll want to hear and understand you as well. Because Mm. by understanding your partner, you take away the tension. Yeah. What else have they got to fight? You're understanding their perspective. So it takes away the tension. And then hopefully, depending on your choice in partner, they'll also want to understand your perspective. You can learn more about each other and take away that tension, that conflict, and um, even potentially have a deeper connection. Yeah. And as you were saying that, what it made me think of was just when you understand this, it stops you from getting defensive. Mm. So when you're listening... You're not kind of trying to find the things that, hang on, no, that's not right. Mm. I didn't do that. Mm. No, that's not true. Instead of listening to respond, you're listening to understand. Yeah. And so you're in that place where you're just accepting everything that you're hearing as true for them. There's no need to get defensive to that Mm -hmm. because there's nothing to defend Mm. because what they see is true to them and and it's valid to them. And it's better for you to understand that rather than try to defend it because there's no point in you. You can never defend against someone's feelings. How they feel is how they feel. And I think that's a a really big distinction to understand is that it does stop you from getting so defensive. Now, again, you may not be perfect at it and we still aren't perfect at it. No. It's never about perfection. It's just about, yeah, improvement, progress, and it's a skill. The more you do it, the better you get. You don't learn how to paint and then suddenly painting masterpieces. You get better over time. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about some action that you can take if you want to start to, I guess, apply this in your relationship. One of my favorites is to take myself out of that intense emotion that I might be in in the, in the time and feeling like I need to be right is to step into a kind friend perspective. So kind of asking myself, if I was your kind friend, how would I respond? How would I want a kind friend to respond to me in this moment and to be able to step into that role? Because something you can associate to with someone being a kind friend. Because if you're stepping into that role, you're no longer thinking about, oh, me, 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 mine, 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 my model of the world, my matrix of reality. Knowing that after you understand the person as a kind friend, they usually want to know what it is anyway. But it really helps for me be able to take out that intense emotion mm. to be able to actually hear what you're saying as yeah. opposed to feel like I'm listening, I'm listening, see, I'm listening, but underneath seething because I don't feel understood myself. Mm. Because if I'm a kind friend, I'm not actually a part of the argument. I'm just listening to you. Yeah. I think it's a really good option for you to just think about when you're having those conflicts. Is it, okay, well, how would a kind friend respond right now? The alternative is you can also ask, okay, so if the roles were reversed and I had their problem and they had my problem, how would I like to be treated in this moment? And so, again, it just helps you just temporarily change your perspective, see it from a different point of view, mm-hmm. which helps you recover information. When we generalize it, we store, we delete, especially delete. We get so emotional, we delete any other possibility. And when you can change your perspective, when you can just temporarily consider a new way of thinking, it opens up some new information to you for then you to find some opportunities to change. This can vastly decrease the amount of conflicts you have. Guys, thank you for listening. Subscribe and follow. Please leave a comment or a review and let us know what resonated with you. We look forward to seeing or you hearing the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.